just the homer in me, but I feel like that was an incredible qualifying. It was, it was really fun, but, I mean, you are a Lewis homer, but it was a good qualifying. My moods are always dictated by Lewis's performance. Yeah, we were at dinner last night, and Peter asked you who was going to win, and I said, well... Are you really asking him that question? It's always Lewis. <laughs> yeah, Tiff asked me this morning, who do you got? I'm like, are you really asking me? <laughs> it's always Lewis. <laughs> it's always Lewis, it's bro. always Lewis. Um, leading up to the quali, there was just so much talk between, uh, especially on the Red Bull side with Horner and, you know, every, trying to do whatever it takes. And there's testing after quali to figure out where Mercedes has found the pace. But, I mean, brand new circuit. There's no history there. Lewis put in a blistering 120. He did. I mean, he looks like he's on his championship form, but it just asks the question, where's this Lewis been all year? That's what, and we said on the last part, like that's the part that's just kind of, you know, it's upsetting. It leaves a bitter taste in your mouth because when the pressure's on, look what he can do. He, This is only his second pole this season. I mean, technically, yes, but technically, no, like he lost out the two sprint races, like, He's had faster qual. He's been, I think this is his fifth, technically. Yeah. Because sprint pole doesn't count, right? He had yeah. this. He had the pole in what was it? In but, uh, I mean Silverstone. He had the pole in Brazil. So, it kind of stupid, but yeah, this is his technically his fifth. He'll right. be starting on. Is starting in first, and this was aside from obviously being so happy about Lewis's performance. Man, like. Ferrari struggled. McLaren struggled. Checo doesn't even make it to Q3. Yeah, those are a lot of narratives. Let's uh, let's kind of slow it down and break it down one by one. Which one do you want to talk about first? I think the first one we'll do is kind of listening to Charles and the defeat in his voice of like, I don't even know where to f- where where I can find it. Like he didn't know where he could be better. Yeah, I think that uh, it's hard to hear because I'm a Charles fan, but. That li- that track is very interesting because those curbs are really high and you see all the damage coming off of cars. And I Chassis think what- being destroyed, front wings getting ripped off. Yeah, it's it's very interesting to like. You can push limits, but you may break your car. So oh, for reals, yeah. Man. So like someone like Lewis and Max when they're tr- maybe trying to make way, and we'll talk a little bit about where they're starting and you know slipstreams and all that later, but. Um, I don't think Charles wanted to push a limit where his car would be destroyed. And he just generally didn't know where he could push the limit. So maybe this was just a, this. Maybe this just wasn't for Ferrari's track, right? Like, I don't know what Ferrari's engines like. They don't speak much about Ferrari's design and their engine. But that's what that would be my assumption because both drivers had no idea where to get more pace. But even uh, Ricardo from the McLaren side of things struggled. I mean, Lando. I'm so happy to see him in six, but still, it just felt like a lot of drivers were almost scared in a sense. Yeah, I don't know if it's scared. I just think that these cars probably just don't... I think just the really good drivers made it through, or, or you had to have a really good car. Um, obviously, Checo didn't make it through, which I'm shocked, because Red Bull as a whole did really well, if you include Alpha Tori. The Alpha Tories, it's. I don't know if we've had a race this year where the Alpha Tori and Alpine look better than the Ferrari and McLaren. Yeah... It's like they've, they've leveled up in this race. Obviously, I mean, it's one race, but the Alpine looked really fast, and the AlphaTauri looked really fast. Well, it's for that 5-6, bro. It's crazy. That 5-6 spot, right? They're both tied at 112 points Alonso with, with the fifth, and you've got 
you know, here and forth, it's going to be a battle. Yeah, and Okan and Yuki are right there, too, battling it out. I think, what, Yuki's eight? Eight and Okan's nine. Like, yeah. it's, I think, aside from, obviously, the big elephant in the room with Lewis and Max, like, we're going to be watching other narratives in this race. Yeah, I mean, it's, I hate the word narratives because it's just, we're just going to be watching the Constructors' Championship. That's what, it's That's not what like, it it's not like a narrative. It doesn't have to be a title, right? We're just watching A- Who's getting first or second? Who's getting third or fourth? And who's getting fifth or sixth? Like, it, it's just a very interesting dry season. If you are a Red Bull, you just got to be pissed off because the Constructors' Championship is so close right now. And for Checo not to get into Q3, that is... I don't is, think they have a shot at the Constructors. I mean, up until last race, they were leading the Constructors. No, I'm talking about, like, the next two tracks are Mercedes' favorite heavily, right? Yeah, I mean, so it's like, we we may say, but don't tell Christian Horner. I mean, he thinks he's winning the constructors. I, I think he thinks he's only winning the world championship. Like, like legitimately, I don't think Red Bull thinks they're winning constructors because Checo looks really good, but that Mercedes car on those long straights is yeah, you're not touching them. And we you, didn't know the, what the to expect in. coming into this track, but then just really diving into it today, it is extremely fast. Like the core, I think there are more. Fast corners. Well, there, there's a, there's a lot of high speed corners, but that big S section, Lewis actually did better than Max did, which is really surprising because that's that's Red Bull strength. That big kind of uh, I think I guess you call it sector two. Mm-hmm. So that was where probably your half a second was right. Your half a second was probably there because Max. I would expect Max to be up about three tenths of a second there, but he was down. That. I mean, flying lap at the end where Lewis clocked in pur- three purples. It was incredible. Yeah, he w- he looked like he was like just gliding through it. And he, he pushed the track limits like really close on turn two when he first started. Mercedes seems to not have turn, turn two down really well. That first turn that you go into, that first high speed turn, looks they like struggle. Valtteri and Lewis are struggling with that. But they look like they have pace everywhere else on, on that, the track. But that's the pressure about quality is... You leave it to the last minute, you go out there. And if you exceed track limits, your lap's deleted and you've lost it. Like, there's so much pressure in quality. There is, but, I mean, championships are decided on Sunday, so. That's right. It'll be interesting. How do you feel about third, second, slipstream? I think Lewis is in favorable position. Like, when you're in pole position, if you get a favorable start in pole position, I think you're good. I generally think that. They asked Max in the post-quality, and they said to him, you know, if Lewis gets through to turn one, is the race over? I didn't and, hear that. What did he say? And of course, Max just said, "We'll see. We've never been here before. We'll see." Yeah, but that's kind of the optics are. If you can get, if you're leading after turn one, you pretty much are going to direct how this race. It is. actually doesn't matter though because Mercedes holds two on the first two rows, and Checo's back on eleventh or twelfth. So yeah, Mercedes has too much of a. Barring Bottas being bad, like all the things, let's say Bottas drives as a a top four driver because he's in a top four car. There's no way Mercedes should mess this up. They shouldn't. They can attack Max with one car and more at wear on his tires and play Max where they want to play him. So like, this is all about strategy. If Mercedes doesn't walk away with a one-two today with, and listen, there's a bunch of different things we should probably talk about, but A... I put on wax. I think Max is going to bump into Lewis. I think that's happening in turn one. I think that's happening. 
But if that doesn't happen and everything goes clean between those three cars and they s- exit when the DRS activates after lap two, one, two, and three, wherever they sit, Mercedes has all the, what do you call this? Ne- they have all the leverage, all the, neg- like whatever you want to call They're it. They're going to be in control. They have all the control that, not it's not control because you can't control Red Bull, but they have all the strategy. That all leads towards them. Unless Checo makes it up to fifth off the jump. It's but, a very, everyone is saying like, the track just looks really difficult to overtake. It's all going to be in that that dash down at turn one. But even if Max overtakes Lewis in turn one, Lewis can attack Max and Valtteri can just run his race and let Lewis catch up. You, like, you can wear out his tires, right? Like, that's such a, a strategy degradation on the tires is not going to be a factor on this circuit. But, but the whole time they were saying is that you your right tires are screaming the whole time or your left tires because of all the turns. So it's like, but if Lewis is attacking Max... Then what does that do for Max? Think about it. What does it do yeah. for Max? Max's tires are gonna go. Lewis's tires are gonna go. Then Bottas is running his own race because I don't think anybody's keeping up with Bottas. The other part of this all is Bottas in third. You know, and again, Bottas doesn't have a good history with this, but in theory, he should be able to make a big, like a pretty strong attack onto Max into that. First he should turn. be able to take over both of them in theory because the slipstream, right? It's a pretty long straight. My only issue is that Bottas is not willing to take the risk. This is or where maybe Bottas takes a risk and you know Max goes five Gs into the wall. Yeah, or the worst happens for freaking Mercedes because Bottas is soft and Pierre makes. But, but, but both Lewis and Bottas are on the clean side of the track, so it is favorable for both of them. It's very interesting to see what will happen, but I do think that Max and Lewis have both have a DNF. I, I'm really... That's what you're thinking. I'm eh? really banking on that, yeah, because um, I don't think Max is... Max is... How do we put this? Do we believe in Max as a clean driver? Well, the thing is that what we've now seen with this penalty that the FIA pretty much didn't want to look at is if Max does do something that is not sportsmanlike, are they even going to look at it or they're just going to They'll look at it. Instead? But, but the thing is that if he gets into like, he's got to make it look clean. He's going to do like the Silverstone where he'll get like a five or 10 second penalty. Right. Yeah. Because if he gets a five or 10 second penalty, then Lewis only has two races. They both DNF and Lewis either has to DNF one or Max has to just make sure he ties, finishes second each race. And if he has a, a five second place grid or a penalty grid, he'll make that up in the, the he'll big, make that up in the next. The races. big thing here is we've talked about Lewis looking like what he's supposed to look at, what we've learned um, these last few races. Tomorrow, it's going to be about he has to get a perfect start, and I don't even think that matters. If he well, if he has a perfect start, and I you go into good. turn one with Max a little lagging behind you, can Max not just bump you off your th- thing? I don't think so. Why not? I'm worried. Max is going to have the inside. Whoever has a, like, if Max has a good start, then there's going to be more room for that. They are both still going to be within a car's length coming into turn one. Yeah, I guess if Max really wanted to, he just has to not lay off the, like, he, he just has to, he has, just has to really dare, dare Lewis and push Lewis off the track. Like, yeah. that's, what, that's my thought process. Like, if he doesn't do that, then I think Lewis wins this race. It's not even co- co- close to question. I think, I think Max, Lewis has been on point. Like, Lewis's last five starts have been like, Perfect. He's been killing it, right? So yeah. I, I'm not I'm not expecting Lewis to mess up on the start, but I just think Max is not going to allow so him to win this race. I think there's going to be 
some issues throughout the race. I think we're going to see some yellow flag. The fact that this track is the curbs, the everyone has struggled aside from obviously Lewis and, mm-hmm. and Max and Valtteri there, but we saw what happened to Pierre today, mm-hmm. hitting hitting the curb and the tire, the front wing ripping off, and then obviously causing a, a puncture. So I think we're going to have a few yellow flags. I don't think so. The reason why I was saying is I don't think drivers are going to push it to the limit. I think everything's so close that I don't think they will. I think I think a lot of drivers will be conservative. Like, Well, then there's going to be some, there'll be drivers that probably almost get lapped twice. I think so too, yeah. So, not not because it's it, there's not a high variable, but like you got to think of like, what is McLaren? What is Ferrari? What are the f- three to f- six teams? Like, think about this. What are they saying to their drivers? They're like, you need to just score every single point, or you think they're saying you need to risk everything to get the extra points? No, they're going to say just play it safe. That's what I'm thinking too. So, other than turn one, I don't think there'll be a lot of issues, but... Hey, I would love for that to be the case where there's a lot of yellow yellow flags. It, you know, this track also exposed the likes of we saw with Haas. Like, they... Yeah, he was three seconds behind the leader. Three and a half, like, bad. And obviously damaged his chassis on the one curve, but even Mick, like, they were significantly off the pace. He was one and a half off, Mick, which isn't as bad. But It's usually around one and a half. You know, they're going to look really bad tomorrow. I, don't, I think they may not even finish the race. No, they'll finish, bro. And then, you know, the Alphas look terrible. I told you, Giovinazzi packed it. It was going to pack it Giovinazzi in. Giovinazzi has packed it in. Kimmy's on his retirement. They look terrible. And it's like, I would not want to be... I would not want to be going into next season with a team like Alpha. So, just rides again, like the whole Bottas thing. But Hey, bro. We will say this. Bottas does have world championship experience, not from a personal uh, aspect, but as a team aspect. I said before, maybe he elevates Alfa Romero into that Alfa Tori, Alpine kind of echelon. But he's never going to win a race again. <laughs> yeah, definitely not next year. Um, what else did you think about the the overall the night race. I mean, the cars look so good at night. I love night races. Night races are my favorite. It was really cool to see. I mean, it was a fun, exciting qualifying, like you said. Um, it's always good to see Lewis win. Lewis is like a like we we talk about this offline. He's like just too much, but I think I like Lewis. He's a good guy. Um, Max, I don't know how people like Max. He's just like he's such a. It's kind of hard to like Max. Especially when you hear him in the in just his interviews, like, yeah. But do you think you turn around in twenty years and think he and then like he becomes this great driver and wins like five world championships and he really has that that kind of Kobe esque personality because like that's what Kobe was like when he was a kid. Yeah, it, it will. It's going to be the sport is going to be so much fun to follow and watch because we are we are living through Max's early days. Like we're at the tail end of Lewis. So we'll see what happens with Max. Does he stay relevant? Does he become a multi-world champion? Does he ever win? How does he mature? Does he become very well-liked? These are all things that we're going to obviously watch throughout his career. But I think this up-and-coming surge of young talent is going to push him as well. So there's no guarantees. No, I know. But I'm saying, like, he was very, like, Kobe-like when he was younger. So that's why I was like, like, maybe we misunderstand Max, right? Yeah, maybe. I mean, he's very competitive. He's hot-headed. He's definitely matured just in the last, I would say, 
year because you know he in his interviews he's always very cool calm collected doesn't feel doesn't ever look like he's feeling pressure but then when he's in the car and you hear him on the radio he's i mean but he's uh, he's racing so when you're going 300 kilometers an hour i think i'd be hot-headed if someone makes a stupid <laughs> move too i think i'd be calling people idiots too when they yeah. fly off the track and get in your way so. it's definitely you know he's the villain that is every like when you look at this whole Lewis Max, uh, but he's not the villain because a lot of people hate Lewis. Yeah, maybe I just look at him as the villain. <laughs> but like, let, let, let's draw ourselves from the Lewis Max kind of where our personal bias lie, right? I think they both have as much equal haters. I think Lewis has more haters because when you go look at the comments in F one, it's a lot of Lewis slander. There's definitely a lot of Lewis. That's there. what I mean. It's like Lewis is like, well, yeah, he's a little corny on social media. And, you know, he likes to shut out every single one of his teams every single time. So it's like, is he fixing a narrative the whole time? Maybe, maybe not. But it's like, what does Lewis do to actually make you dislike him that much? Yeah. And, you know, if you look at Lewis's, um, if you go back to a lot of people dislike Lewis through his career because they thought he was very cocky and arrogant and he was a sore loser. You know, he's come a long way from that, too. Yeah, I, I mean, think there's a lot of that that's still kind of. But was Lewis Max when he was like, you know what I you mean? Know, like, that's the thing that we have to look at. So it's like when you are a young talent, can you really be humble? Because look at Lando, right? Lando's this young, humble talent. But it's like maybe Lando never evolves into that world championship because he doesn't have that cockiness about him. Like he's that great, right? I mean, we saw we saw bits of Lando get exposed this year when he wanted to stay out. Exactly. I mean, that, I I wouldn't say that was him being young and just ignorant to following team orders. Well, for my thing is, I'm talking about I mean, like the mentality, right? Like you hear about Ma- Max and Lewis being these hot-headed competitors that were very arrogant about their ability, and people disliked them when they were younger. It's like Lando doesn't have that trait, so it's like maybe Lando's not made cut from the same cloth as those guys, right? Agreed. When you look at the grid, especially next year. It's hard to really say, like, who do you think has the ability to win a, a championship? Because, you know, Lando might never win a championship. He may never. I mean, he clearly is a world-class driver, though. Like, he's a world-class driver. You have to and respect it. that's the tough part about this sport is but a you world- can be great and never win. Yeah, being a world-class driver doesn't mean you're a world championship driver. Those are two, There's a fine line between that, right? Because... What what are there, 30, 40 champions of all like and how many? Yeah, and F1 this is also we said it last time, like it's also why you gotta respect Vettel. Like the man won four chips. Back to back to back to back. And he's still young enough that he could win another one. Yeah. Well, Aston Martin's not winning. We we're talking some yeah. wishful thinking. <laughs> Unless he leaves. Yeah, let's talk else. about Aston Martin. They had a good showing, I'd say. They looked better this weekend. Obviously that's um some pace. What did uh, Lance Vettel, actually made it out of Q three? Vettel was 10th. I mean Q one. Lance was what eleventh or twelfth? I think Lance was around twelfth or thirteenth. Lance was twelfth. Vettel was tenth. And yeah, and and Vettel is in points territory. So I mean, they had a strong showing. Obviously, this is. I mean, they have a lot of power in their engine. Most Mercedes units did well this race. Kind of makes sense. Um. Yeah. I mean, if you look at um, what is Alpine on. I think Alpine's on their own engine. There were no. Yeah. They have their own engine. I mean, Alpine looked good. Obviously, AlphaTauri looked good. You really, the highest uh, Mercedes engine after Mercedes was Lando in six, and then it drops. But then you had Lance and a thing up At there, tenth, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they uh, George did okay. I don't, 
Like, I know he finished 15th, but his time wasn't that off of some of the Yeah, it wasn't guys. that far off. And honestly, I think, you know, George is just, he's just trying to get to the end of the season. He, I think he is so mentally focused on next year that, oh, I mean, what's sure. in it for him? He can't wait to don in the Silver Arrows. He cannot wait to get out of that Dan Williams car and be done with it. So you're a true Mercedes fan, quote unquote, yeah. right? So we're going to put it on wax. Black livery or silver livery? I love the black. Do you? I like the silver way better. The black is The black represents something, so I get it. So that's why I do like I it. I think it looks so... I mean, this it's hard because the silver is iconic. But I do like the black. The issue with the black is, don't, doesn't your car overheat? I mean, that's what easier? they say, but they found a way to get through. I mean, if that was really the case, Toto ain't putting the car black, bro. Bro, if Lewis asks you to jump, you ask him how high. We know Toto doesn't doesn't uh, bend that easy. Bro, when you have a seven-time world champion on your team, the best driver in the world, if he asks you to put on, put on black liveries, you're putting on black liveries. It's a goddamn color. Yeah. It might, Look, it might bring up the car temperature by like five degrees, which is not... A it obviously breaker. hasn't hindered performance that much. No, I'm, let's be real. We're just having a fun conversation. Red Bull's been wearing dark, having yeah. dark liveries the, the whole time. Again, like I said early in the pod, the liveries look so good at night. Even the Alpine. Like, I was watching it today when Alonso was on his flying lap, and I'm like, damn, it looks good, man. I love that. It looks Alpine like color. they're optimized so are you to fan look of the Al- at night. Are you fi- a fan of the Alpine livery? Because before you said it was mediocre. It there's a difference when you see it in the night with the floodlights on it, and then in the daytime. So that's what I'm asking you: Are it you looks, actually a fan of it? I, I like it. Yeah, my like like I've been saying all year, my favorite is Williams. Williams looks really good. I wish uh, even the Aston Martin looked better. Like they all have these. I don't like that. the Aston Martin car. I don't like the pink contrasting with like that the, metallic green. If they had a different color than the pink, I think it'd look really good. But that pink just kind of throws Listen, me off. The only reason it's there is because the dollars, man. I'm surprised BWT is still like they're part still of the team. spending stacks, right? I guess yeah, they're still um, spending a lot of money. So, I kind of did my own little deep dive on this, but why does why does Qatar do this deal for ten years? And maybe it'll change because it's only year one when they can only put eight thousand people in seats. Okay, so first of all, appreciate you doing a deep dive by yourself. Why are you asking me why if you did the deep dive? You got to explain to me. I didn't. I do just deep dive. I was <laughs> trying to find out like. How are you going to make money? Um, or are these 8,000 tickets so expensive because you're in Qatar that it makes up for it? So, so what did you find out in your deep dive? Abu Dhabi um, at Yas Marina, 60K. Okay, so All the on, other tracks are like 100K. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. So I guess what I was saying, did you find anything in your deep dive or you're asking me because you didn't find I anything? I did the deep dive to figure out capacities across the majority of the track. Oh, you actually didn't look into why they could do the, why they did the deal? Couldn't find anything about the why and I'm like... It doesn't make sense. So, so first of all, let, let, let's go through a couple things first, right? Do we like guitar as a track? I'm indifferent. I enjoyed it. It was a fast track. It was fast. I think I'm leaning towards that because obviously Lewis did well. But I'm looking at the track. There's nothing around it. I'm like, what's the appeal of this But that's track? not what I'm saying. From a pure racing aspect. From a pure like racing it. standpoint, it was entertaining. So I It's like a it. great race, right? It's a great track because every driver said they have a lot of fun, right? Yeah. So, like... I, I, that's what I think. You agree? Yeah, agree. It's a lot of variables because the curbs are high. Just, they're very high. So, like, you see bu- being bumpers being destroyed. You see chassis being destroyed. So, I think it's very entertaining. So, we'll check off the racing aspect. That's why F1 does it. From a building aspect, yeah, I agree with you. It's in a desert. It looks like 
It looks like you're in the middle of nowhere with a racing track. What did P say? Area 51. It's Area 51. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, it's only like 15 kilometers. Uh, I did. I did the Google miles map. 35 minute drive. Yeah. So it's like, it's not that far from Bahrain, uh-huh. right? Or was it? Doha is the capital. It was yeah. the city, yeah. And it is not far from Bahrain because Bahrain is right next to Qatar. Yeah. So <laughs> it's not like it's anywhere new. What I would say is it is a brand new track. I'm thinking it's kind of like Abu Dhabi, no, uh, Jedi, where the track's not ready. I think this is just like they couldn't get all the seats in time. But um, the tra- this track has been built for years, going back to like the early 2000s. Sure, but it wasn't f- fitted for F1. Yeah. It will probably be fitted for F1 in 2023. Also, you got to look at this way. Qatar's won the World Cup in 2022, yeah. right? They're not spending all the infrastructure to build up this F1 track for one race. Yeah. In 2023, it'll probably look like a lot different. So, because be that's theory. my thing, right? Over the 10 years, you're the organizer. Yeah. You have to Hang look on, at... when does a 10-year deal start? In 2023 or this year? Because they're not returning next year to Qatar. I think it's... I think you're right. It starts in 2023. Okay, cool. Continue on. So, 10-year deal. That. It's a plus billion dollar commitment. You gotta... You're not... You're doing it because you see some sort of return. It's like, if you don't expand capacity and you can't and there is not the desire to expand capacity, how are you going to get the return on that commitment financially? But you said it's 35 minutes from Doha. Yeah, Doha. Yeah, Doha, which is Bahrain, right? No, Qatar. Qatar, but which Bahrain's only... Fun. Bahrain is another country next to it. Exactly. Which Everything is, is close. You've got Bahrain, Qatar, Saudi, so and Abu Dhabi. They'll be fine audience-wise. I think they'll be fine. Okay. I just don't think that, that it's actually been fitted properly. I think this was just... An emergency track to replace what the Canadian Grand Prix or the Australian. Yeah, it was just so a track by the time twenty twenty three rolls around, they're gonna have it more seating probably. Yeah, that, because you're not gonna get a return selling eight thousand tickets unless each ticket's a <laughs> a bag. <laughs> yeah, um, so that would be my theory. What is your theory? I mean, I I was thinking like it's got to make sense long term. They're gonna change and expand capacity because I just don't see in what world when you have pretty much every F one track is at a medium of 100K. All of these organizers are trying to make money. Over the race weekend, if you've got close to half a million fans, you're making money. If you can only have 8,000 tickets a day over the weekend, best case scenario, you're 25 to 30K. And it's like, you're never going to get the return. So I was just blown away by that. And then I'm like, to your point, the commitment starts in 2023. It's going to then make sense. They're going to expand. I wouldn't be, I would be shocked if it's not one of the nicest tracks. In the next three years, yeah, they I can build see all it being around built it. Built all around, yeah. it has has seats everywhere. It's gonna look like, you know, how we think Miami's gonna look, or Jedi was supposed to look. Yeah, I think it will look somewhat like that in a desert form. I think it will be a beautiful track. I'll put it on wax. That'd be my prediction. But I didn't know all the facts. I know you did a little dive on it, but I thought I thought you actually did a dive and they had answers. But no, I think it's a cool discussion, man. I think people are definitely interested in that stuff. But when would we you 8, ever 000, take the risk? Of being an organizer for 10 years. It's such a gamble, man. Yeah, but like, we talk about that. We've talked about this multiple times. It's not just the organizers paying for it. It's some rich Bahrain. The organizers sorry, obviously got the financial It's backing. a rich Qatar. See, either Prince group, Sheikh, however we want to say Friend, whatever you want to say. They're paying for a lot of it up front, and they're trusting them to do something. So realistically, it's not the person that's the organizer. It's the funder. Yeah, if funder. I'm the funder, I'm probably saying no, unless unless you gave me the best business plan in the world. But the organizers don't care. They're not using their money. Yeah, they're using someone else's money. Fair. For sure. 
Fair. And th- they'll make they'll make money off of it in 2023 and on. But overall, I really like Qatar. I mean, as a racetrack, I know it's got Doha its is a really cool. I mean, all these cities. When you look at Doha, when you look at the country of Bahrain, you look at Saudi, you look at you know the UAE. They're all really cool, and I would love to get over there to watch some of these races. Yeah, I mean, if they have a triple header, maybe we should just make our way down there next year. <laughs> Bro, just go camp out in the middle east for a little bit, and you know, enjoy. Yeah, concrete. It's they're literally concrete jungles in the desert. Pretty much. How did you feel about uh, Lewis's helmet? I think that's really important. So you did you see the backstory on it? I I didn't read too much in it, but I know F one's re race as one. Obviously, Lewis has the pride colors. So, um, in the country of Qatar, same sex marriages are illegal. So Lewis is wearing the rainbow colors for LGBT to, to drive rights. awareness. And then the CEO of F1 was interviewed and said, you guys are getting a lot of backlash from that community of F1 fans. Why would you come to a country where it's not, you know, um, Yeah, and they said it's to raise awareness. It's, and he goes, well, it's, and obviously they, their whole strategy and their PR point makes complete sense. When you accept F1, F1 brings a huge spotlight and then it forces and puts pressure on these governments to then drive change. Let's be real. Everybody that's giving backlash towards F1. Well, were you talking about Qatar before F1 got there? No. Point proven case solved. Yo, F1 F1 is so big. It carries so much influence and weight. Like, it's enti- some country's entire country depends on this F1 race. Who depends on the F1 race? Just from a tourism standpoint. Some of these... But I'm saying which country you know, like, would do that? Think about Baku. Who's going to Baku? Yeah, but that's like one event. It's not that the country depends on it. It's a, well, it's a big part from of a tourism, tourism standpoint. It's one of the biggest when when F1's It's a coming. big event, but like yeah. saying it depends on it's a little far of a stretch. Yeah, I, yeah, more. I'm just saying from a tourism standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it brings some more tourists, but it's a spike during one part of the year. But yeah, I mean, I didn't know Qatar had those issues. Like, obviously, at Title League, we're big on equality and diversity, but there's so many issues in America that you don't tend to think about some of them outside of the other like. Qatar would be the last place I think of, right? You obviously oh, yeah. think of like other countries, like first in our own home home country, which is Canada, then America, then I think about rights in China because I'm originally Chinese, and it's like so. F one's brought that world. to attention to me, so I think they've done their job, man. And Lewis, Lewis is the probably the most influential athlete outside of soccer that's not in the America, right? So he's obviously bringing attention to it. So I was like, what are you guys mad about? Like, I would love someone to actually get back to us because it's like it's not a bad thing. I'm asking, what are you guys mad about? I would like to hear your point of view on why are you mad that F1 shining a spotlight on this. Yeah, exactly. If any, F1 is doing more work than anyone else has done. I think maybe they think people are trying to profit off of it. Like, F1's profiting off this country, but it's like, I don't see it that way. Maybe that's the way they see it. But listen, if anybody's listening and they feel very strongly about this, listen, we'd love to have you on a pod or comment and we get back to you. We'd love to hear about it. Yeah. Um, anyways, we've, we, we've gone off the, the quality... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it, yeah, we have gone off. So let's ra- wrap up with this. Obviously, we come on here, we do our new predictions. Who's one, two, three tomorrow? It's going to be Lewis one. <sighs> you really want to say Bottas, but you don't I have do, the faith I to know, say I it. Know, I know. It's going to be Lewis. This is what I think Lewis, Max, Pierre, Bottas. And my fifth um, will be. Will be uh, Alonzo. Okay, so uh, I'm not letting you leave on that. How do you have Pierre beating Bottas? I just don't have the faith in hey, the Listen, I, I understand Checo, but 
Pierre? I think Pierre's gonna. Um, I think Pierre's gonna get a f- in front of Valtteri off the jump. <sighs> Even then, he doesn't have the pace to keep up all, all race. Yeah, but we Valtteri has the better car in how many races, and he can't get past people. But how many races did Valtteri lose behind lose to like Pierre? He hasn't got past like a guy like Ricardo, a guy like Max. So that's what I'm saying. I'm I, I'm sh- okay. I just want to hear your reasoning. I, I think it's a little asinine, but it's okay. <laughs> it, it's it's not it's not fact. It's an opinion. I have Lewis. Actually, you know what? Uh, uh, I really have a feeling that somehow Bottas is going to surprise all of us and take and win, but it, it <laughs> just I can't, 11, I can't eh? say it. I can't say it on air. I can't say 11. it on wax. Uh, I got Lewis, Bottas, Max, Lando, and then Pierre. I think Lando's going to make a strong push. Lando's starting in six. Now, right? that is if nothing happens, but... Um, that's very wishful thinking. I don't think Max and Lewis finish this race. I'm just going to call it right now. Oh, my God. That would be devastating. Yeah. So that is if everybody finishes and it's a clean race between the top 10. But I'll just put on wax that I don't think it will be a clean race between the top 10. I think there will be an incident in turn one. And don't be surprised if Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton are both involved. Listen, there's going to be, I think, multiple incidents because this track and the curbs, I think we're going to have debris kind of all over the track, a couple yellow flags. Yeah, I think so too. Who so, makes their way up the grid? I think we're gonna see um, Seb make his way up from tenth. So what to sixth? I think he gets up to six. Yeah. Well, I meant like your biggest mover. Oh, my biggest mover. Like, yeah. Who makes their way up the grid? Your biggest mover. <sighs> I think Sh- I think Charles does. You're not going with Checo. Eh? Checo's such an obvious. Honestly, choice. I I I think I've I've been strong on this. Like Checo's gonna struggle this weekend, right from. You were, you were very strong. I think we've all been strong in that, yeah. both of us. My boy Yuki did well, so I just wanted to point that out. I did call Yuki, Yuki as well, my man. dragger of the week. Yuki's at eighth, so hopefully Yuki doesn't get into the accident. It's hard one. not to like the Alpha Tori team. Like, I like No, Pierre. they're under I Red like Bull, Yuki. bro. They're under Red Bull. I only like Yuki. They're under Red you Bull. You don't I like Pierre, like eh? I'm okay with Pierre, but I would like him if he wasn't under Red yeah. Bull. I got, um, I got my boy, my favorite driver. I got Mr. Russell. Yo, I, I need, need to know who your drag <laughs> the day is going to be. That's Russell. Russell's in Russell's the bottom half. He's a dragger. Yeah. I got, I, got, I got Russell. But Charles is not a dragger. Yeah, so you got to... No, but okay. Okay, we piss, picked our biggest movers. But you got to pick a different one because George is under the dragger category as of right now. So my dragger and biggest mover is George. Bro. Who's your dragger of the week? Are you going to roll with Giovinazzi? <laughs> Looking at it, he's starting in freaking 18. Are you rolling no, no. Giovinazzi? I can't because I mean, pretty Giovinazzi heavy. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with my boy, the fellow Canadian Nicholas Latifi. Also, we're both rolling with Williams cars. Latif, <laughs> yeah, I, I like your pick, but like, I think Latif as a dragger starting in 17 gets up to about 12. I like the pick, so let me ask you this. I said this on air, I said this on air, I put it on wax. You think F1 looks at him as a nice little Canadian boy? He's like the token Canadian Yeah, they driver. do. I mean, F1 probably doesn't even know he's on the grid at times. He's just a nice to know, token Canadian driver. Like, the Haas drivers have more influence than Nicholas. Like, Yeah. Let Latifi me ask you this, though. so random, bro. Does Latifi have a strong following in Canada? Hell no. Come on, bro. Like, when he goes to Canadian Grand Prix, you don't think people are showing up for Latifi? There is no way, bro. Because most Canadians are still new to the sport, and if they're new to the sport, they ain't following Latifi, bro. Yeah, I mean nationalism's not that strong here either, right? 
It's not. It's because it's like I don't even think they'd follow Stroll either. We're, we're, oh yeah, I forgot about Lance. No, Lance is from Montreal. But I think it's got to be a strong following. For I Lance. think that. Um, yeah, I think Latifi is. I think that's I, honestly, I don't even know how Latifi's in F. That's a Canadian thing, bro. It's a Canadian thing. Do you think Latifi should be on the grid? Yeah, I think he finished second or third in F two one time. Think and about all the other drivers. The turnover are there better drivers? <sighs> so he's arguably facing the best. Giovinazzi or Latif? No, let me hear. Uh, let me put this put this out to you. He's arguably facing the best driver, talent-wise, young driver, next to Max and Landel and George Russell, yes or no? Arguably. from Yes, because we've seen what George did in the Mercedes. So uh, Yeah, so, I mean, he's losing to the best young driver. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it's, like, it's like... What's his time off of him? My other thing, too, is... I will put it put it on wax. He was he was very competitive. He barely missed out on Q, Q2. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But, but I'm, I'm glad you picked the Canadian. This I'm, fr- I'm picking him. And it's not Lance Stroll. It's not Lance Stroll. What does Lance do this weekend? I'll, quickly, because Lance still had a good showing. Honestly, I think Lance probably starts and finishes the same. You think he's right around 12? He, he doesn't really move. I'm going to have a hot take. I think he makes his way up to 7th. I think he makes his way up to the points. If Lance does. I'm I not mean, a Lance fan, but I also I just, um, as like this whole track, what do they call it? Los Sale? Los Sale, I think, yeah. yeah I just like the ring of that. I just put it out there. Yeah, you know what? They need to start calling tracks by their actual name, not the Qatar Grand Prix. Yeah, or the Oradu, whatever it is, because of the sponsor. It's like, so it's you not get, very I consistent. get confused because, like, oh, it's a Qatar GP. Then it's like, oh, we're in Los Sale, and then it's like, it's the R. It's it's like we need to be consistent. What's the name? There's yeah, so why many is names. it not the Sao the Sao Paulo? Yeah, Grand then Prix. it's Park Ferme or this. It's like, what is it? And then they called it it's Silverstone. And then they called it the British Grand Prix. So it's just like. Monza, but then there's, I mean, I guess Italy has two Grand Prix, but it, what is, what is, is it the Monza Grand Prix or is it the Italian Grand Prix? Bro, this is where I think F1 just, we need to have an identity because what happens is the commentators run off the historic identity, but now there's money involved. So then there's the sponsors who get the name, the track rights. And it's just like, my issue is the country and then the place. I think it should just be called the place like Silverstone should be called the Silverstone Grand Prix. Yeah. Right, if it has two tracks, I understand. Right, like the uh, uh, the Austrian. Like this and the track Syrian. name is in Losale, and the track is actually called the Losale Circuit. So why not call it Losale Grand Prix? But right? if we go to the track, it's got a completely different name, and that's where I think F one just it, it, it's confusing, especially for new. Um, I think for new fans who are coming in. So here's what it's actually called tomorrow. If you go to the race, it is the Formula One. I, I am butchering this name. The Formula One Oradu Qatar Grand Prix. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? It uh, it just make it the Los Sale Grand Prix. I will say this, though. I'll end off on this, and then I'll, I'll let you sign us off or if you want to kind of talk about this quickly. I think that's why F1 is limited as a sport because it's very difficult to get into. You have to understand all the technicalities of F1, like tire management. You have to understand DRS. Drag versus downforce. You have yeah. to understand low rake, high I rake. Mean, but but I think that's what they're. That's what it's pop a, culture and drive survive has done is trying to make it more casual, trying to get casual fans to get behind driver personalities it's a lot as opposed easier, to technicality. It's a lot easier to understand a basketball player and why he's good. He can shoot the ball while he can think. It's really t- tough to understand why people are definitely. Good but so. I think like you know, drive to survive is the gate. 
It's way. a gateway, but I'm saying it's still limited as a sport because it takes a lot more of a time investment. You have to. If you're going to just be casual, um, it will be difficult. Talking about Drive Survive, um, they brought it up today. It's probably going to be so good because of all the drama that has happened this year. I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, Christian Horner and uh, Toto, I watched that full 25-minute press conference. I just wish I could see them two in a boxing ring. And the thing is, Toto's just jacked. Like, he would destroy him. Yeah, Christian Horner's just like a little mosquito. Like, oh, Silverstone's different. No, it's the same thing. <laughs> and then him talking after, right before Quali, and he, and I love before they put him on air, uh, Crofty and Bruno were like, before we go here, we don't know when this photo was taken, where it was taken. It's just a random photo. And then, of course, Christian Horner's going hard about it the whole time. I'm like... <laughs> you know the thing is, too, like really quickly is that Christian Horner, when he was having that conversation, he's like, well, Silverstone was different because Max ended up in a wall, blah, blah, blah. No one's arguing if the situations, the results were different, but the racing principles remain the same. Exactly. You give the inside line. You've changed the rules. Because because the results change. Results are not what dictates whether or not you can do that or not. That's just a byproduct. So had Lewis crashed, then all of a sudden, would it be okay to give him a And you know what? Christian should just say, you know what? Max was wrong on that. And move on. Because it's, it's already been dismissed. Be like, yeah, Max could have left a little bit. Max should have hit the apex. Yeah, and you know what? That, that's what makes me hate. Like, Toto actually will come out and say, you know what? Lewis could have drove that better. And Nicky Lauda, when, when Nico... Yeah, honestly, Christian Horner is a crybaby. He's a crybaby. When Nico and Lewis got into that massive, massive incident, Nicky said, no, Lewis, that was your fault. I don't know if I could... Even like even if I was Max Verstappen, I don't know if I could drive for Christian Horner. Oh, uh, if you throw a forty million, uh, what, yeah, twenty-seven million like, dollar bag, you do wuss it. Bag. Okay, we won't call him a wuss bag. We'll just call him the mosquito. <laughs> the mosquito. We're, we're turning into family friendly a little yeah, bit. Yeah, if you know yeah, this. The, the mosquito. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. What am I gonna leave us with? Lewis Hamilton. Drive a brilliant race tomorrow. Take us to Saudi with a chance to win the championship. You've been on the record here, Scott. You've said it's over. I'm feeling pretty optimistic that it's not over. Yeah, but you're always optimistic about Lewis <laughs> Hamilton. Tell me what's different. <laughs> uh, so we'll see. But I think it's going to be an exciting race. Um, we will be back with post-race reactions. And for everyone that's listening, we, we love and appreciate the support. Yeah, make sure you guys go follow, rate, and review, please, and thank you. We appreciate that. Wow, very formal on that one. Yeah, we appreciate that. Like, we we really want to be the best F1 podcast. And I get the last word on this one. There's a DNF. Max and Lewis, turn one. Then it's over. Anything? All right. All right. We'll see you guys later.